temperature test him. He's been hot. Can you believe it? Eddie's back. All hail Eddie. What about this from ball inside? 50 Cottrell. From nowhere. Cottrell from 45 directly in front. The Blues are up by Kiki Fabulous. Have a look at him. Back there for Cripps. Spins out of traffic. Through one. Pass another. Jones his class. Gets it back from Betts. G'day Bluebaggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. It's your host Jed Zetzer here and I'm alongside my co-host Harrison Hymans as always. Bolt, welcome back. It's been a little break but we're back in business now as the trade period officially gets underway. Has been a little break. It's, it's been, been refreshing. It has been. But we're back. We're back in business. Uh, straight off the top, the appointment of Michael Voss as the senior coach. Now we were going to do an emergency podcast last week when this got announced but uh we held off a little bit, and I think it was worth it because there's a lot to cover today, and we'll yep. jam pack it into the one show. So, Vossi, he's the main man. He's the main man, I should say, at the wheel. What are your thoughts on his appointment, and uh, does it get you excited for what's to come? Oh, I'm not sure if it, I'm not sure if it gets me excited, but it gets me excited that there's someone else in the role. That gets me excited. I just, I'm very unopinionated on Michael Voss, to be honest. I don't really have an opinion on him. Mm. As in, I think, you know, I think he's, it's just, I don't have an opinion on him in a coaching sense, really. It's been a long time since he's coached. He coached, you know, when he did coach Brisbane, he coached with zero experience beforehand. So he's now got that experience, gets a second crack at Carlson. So hopefully it's all there for him. But. Yeah. I can't really, I honestly can't really comment whether I think it's going to be good for our group or not. It's very hard to know without seeing it next year. Yeah, well, it's going to take some time, at least a year before we really know, you know, what kind I'll, of an I'll, impact. I'll let you know after round six. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let you know. It won't take a year. <laughs> um, look, I, I think that, I think it's an interesting one. Um, we, it it's, is. It's too early to have an opinion, but my, my opinion would be that I don't think it can, re- and this is, you know, no disrespect to the last three coaches that have coached our football club, but I don't think it can, it can really get worse, to be honest. Um, touch wood as I say that, but uh, no, I do think, you know, we, we've got to remember, you know, we've been underperforming, I think. Um, and I think if Voss is even half decent, I do think we'll see significant improvement. You'd like to think so. I see it as the last two years. We've just had a caretaker coach for the last two years. We've had someone warming the seat for a Brendan Bolton replacement. And that was Brendan Bolton's assistant. So now, hopefully, there's a bit of structure, there's a bit of organization, and they play with a bit of direction. So, under Michael Voss... And they play both ways, which is very important. Mm. So, under Michael Voss, there's some assistant coaches... Uh, Aaron Hamill's been appointed as the backline coach. I must say, I was sort of hoping for Matthew Scarlett, but you know, we welcome back Aaron Hamill to the football club. He was a he was at the football club all those years ago. 
What are your thoughts on that appointment? Do you have an opinion, really? No. Once again, hard to know. You know, these guys that have been coaching in new environments, new players, it's very hard to, you know, you know, say, and Aaron Hamill, I guess. I think the fact that, you know, you can be an assistant coach and last that long at the one club is probably testament to him. Yep. And he's coached his own team before. And we know he coached Sandy Zebras for a few years. Mm. So, he's definitely got, you know, he's had a lot of exposure. So, it's... Could do way worse than Aaron Hamill. Yep. No, I agree. I, I'm not. I'm not opposed to the appointment at all. Uh, so we still need to fill. Well, Cam Bruce has left since we last yes. recorded so as he well. Went up to Brisbane. Got poached by the Lions, which I think is not. It wasn't totally against what we wanted. I think if he was out of contract, he probably would have left as well, along with the others. Yep. Um. So yeah, we need a forward line coach now. We still need a midfield coach. I think Luke Power will go back into that development role. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Still heaps of uh, positions to fill. And, and we know that they offered Adam Kingsley that senior assistant role, which would have probably incorporated the midfield role. Mm. But fair enough on his behalf. He said no after losing out on the senior job. Yep, yep. Uh, and well, the big appointment was the CEO, Brian Cook. We've poached him from Geelong. It's a big appointment. It's something that uh, has sort of been looked upon in significant high regard. What is your opinion on his appointment? And do, do you feel like you can already sort of see anything or do we have to wait a little bit longer? So, yeah, well, I feel like you can see there's a little bit of change already. Well, there's yeah. a lot of change, but... So not- for, for me, the biggest change from the club admin-wise has to be... I think the message from admin has pissed me off a little bit in the past because I always felt like our end goal was falling into eighth. The end goal has to be finishing first. I, I I just think Carlson have put such an emphasis on literally just making the finals that it's like once they make the finals, it's cool. You know, that's it. Like that's we've like you know done what we needed to do. That can't be it. So I think that's where the change of tune will be altered with Brian Cook coming in, someone that you know for him finals isn't even a novelty. You know, thirty-two years as a CEO, twenty-seven final seasons in those thirty-two years. Mm. So for him, finals is round one. That's where it starts. So. Premierships are key, and he's overseen five premierships. Yeah. So, it's, you know, in lots of grand finals. It's very important we just instill a culture where the ceiling, well, not even the ceiling, the expectation is a premiership. No, I completely agree. And I think that uh, Luke Sayers has come in and he's supported that as well. Not supported, he's led from the front. I think yeah, Brian, and Cook, I like, Brian and I, Cook's almost been the supporter at and this I, point. And I like the fact, you know, Luke doubled down on an ambition for finals because why that has to be the end whether it's unrealistic or realistic if the club's not going to preach it then the players aren't going to you know yeah no i play for it completely agree i think that uh i actually think the changes have been immense but they've been like let's be honest from the point of the season ending till now i think they've done everything right they've stripped everything back possibly you know clarko could have been the appointment we were looking for, maybe Ross Lyon. But apart from that, I think stripping everything back and actually getting rid of these people was actually what we wanted and what the club needed. And they've been ambitious. They've gone and done it. I feel like Sayers and now Brian Cook are actually making a significant impact. Yeah, no, I do agree. And they had to strip it back because it was a mess. As in the admin... The past admin with Lugutajay and um, Little was very focused on commercializing the club. And I guess from a coaching sense, we're very, you know, and when you prioritize commercial, you 
comp, you know, you compensate the football sense. And David Teague did the same thing. He had such a high priority for attack and compensated defense. So mm. we just weren't a balanced club. We weren't, you know, leveled out and it showed. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think now the, the main change that I can see straight away already is that there is a clear focus on on field. I mean... And, and we and need I, buy-in. I guess, we need buy-in. I guess that's-, that's what you were saying, though. You know, in previous years, it's been more focused on the off-field and, you know, getting the club out of debt and everything that they've needed to do, bringing in the members. But I think now there is a genuine focus on the on-field. Every decision that's been made so far, you can genuinely tell is to get this club right back to where it needs to be. They're being bullish, which is what you have to be. And no, I agree. I really like the decisions that have been made. Yeah. Um, Bolt. And the other one that joined was Diesel Williams before yes, we move true. on. Yes, true. Yes. Initially, I was a little bit surprised at that, but uh, I actually think it's I think it's a pretty good appointment from what I've seen and heard of so far. Yeah, we'll see. Obviously, another one it's too early to comment on, but Bolt, Day one of the trade period officially got underway today. Uh, free agency has been open for a couple of days. We've already done some business and you can expect us to do some more in the upcoming days, Bolt. George Hewitt, we'll kick it off there, signed as a restricted free agent. A big signing, 25 years old from the Swans, midfielder, came second in their BNF in 2019. What are your thoughts on uh, his recruitment? I'm wrapped with it. Yep. I'm wrapped with it. I think it's it targets a specific need. Because we have a very lazy midfield group. It's a midfield group that, you know, previously hasn't liked defending a lot. And George Hewitt, he's not a glamorous player. He's not going to, you know, go have 25 each week and kick goals. But, you know, his benchmark's just going to be tackles. It's going to be grunt. And I think he'll be in the first midfield rotation, to be honest, that defensive side of midfielder. No, I completely um, agree. And I, I just think it's a very clever signing. You know, you get him for free. Once again, he's 25. He's played 20 or more games in five of his six seasons. He was in their grand final team in his debut year. So, you know, people speculating that, you know, Sydney didn't rate him. The only reason Sydney have let him go is because they financially couldn't afford him. Yeah. Um, that is the only... And he was a restricted free agent over there. So, he was rated highly enough to be a top 10 paid player at the Swans. So, there's no questions about, I think, you know... George Hewitt, and look, he's not going to be an A-grade midfielder, but he's got. It's a really good second-tier midfielder that adds because there's a big difference at Carlton between player number seven and player number eight. There's a there's a chasm between our best players and the rest of the fourteen or fifteen in the team, and we need to fill. And that's where the output comes from. Guys like Hewitt and Martin and Williams and these guys, mm. those B-graders, have to elevate themselves. Yeah, and no. George Hewitt's gonna, you know, he should he should fit in pretty seamlessly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I need to ask with George Hewitt. So, if he was a restricted free agent, does that mean he was in the top ten? Well, it means you're in the top twenty five percent paid on the top twenty five percent paid on your list. So, does that mean he'd be taking a pay cut because he's coming on four hundred and fifty k a year over four years? Yeah, it probably is. So he's taking a pay cut. To I come- saw there was a clause for a fifth year in that contract as well. So it's a pretty decent sized contract. Yeah. I think more stability probably for yeah, him. It's just security. Yeah. Security. Yeah. Um, yeah. He can't complain with it. Uh, now it's a bit cheaper to live in Melbourne as well. Yeah. <laughs> to save on that side. Now the next player we need to talk about is our Adam Chera. Uh, he has the officially big the big dog, the biggest dog in this trade period. It's a bit scary to think about. It's a bit of a low key trade period. It is, but uh, you don't mind us snapping up probably Two of the biggest five, I'd say. Hewitt would be in the top five. Yeah. 
yes, yeah, so Adam Chera requests a trade to the football club. Now, Fremantle will insist on pick six, and they're probably going to ask for more than that as well. You'd imagine if it was just pick six, it probably would have got done today. Uh, from what we've heard, Fremantle want our pick 25. Carlton obviously are waiting to see possibly what picks they can get elsewhere from Petrovsky Seedon. Um, you know, see how that pans out. And then obviously, uh, if that doesn't get done, look at other picks that we hold. Uh, how do you see this one getting done? Do we, we agree pick six and, you know, a couple of other picks should get it done? So before I start, I think Adam Chera is exceptional. Yeah, I think there is there should be no questions over this guy's value and you know the levels he's going to reach because this guy is going to be brilliant, like brilliant. Twenty two years old, already got what sixty seventy games under Top his belt. Top five in their BNF this year. I, I'm pretty bullish on Adam Chera, and to be honest, if I was if I was a Fremantle fan, I'd also want more than pick six. Um, and I guess at the end of the day, pick six is probably fair. It's mm. probably very fair. Shares a birthday with me now. There's a bit of an extra, an does, extra does love for him. Does he share a birthday with you? He does. Have a look there. 21 years old, turns 22 on uh, Thursday. Oh, there you go. There Happy we go. birthday, Adam. Um, <laughs> but um, no, look, I, I think pick six is very fair. But I think at the end of the day, oh, he's out of... Co- I, I actually think pick six will get it done straight away. But at the end of the day, really, as a supporter base... If the difference between Adam Chera or no Adam Chera is pick 45 or like a future third round pick, just you move on. You move on with it. It's not like we're handing out, you know, these extra late picks for, you know, someone that's so speculative. For me, there's no doubt on Adam Chera. Mm. There is no doubt. Fits no, I, in I, so seamlessly. I completely and I th- agree. And I think he's going to be more of an outside player on that wing. It's going to be a really nice rotation with Walsh. And he was... Back at half of 2021, he was damaging going forward. And when I say that, I mean like inside 50s rather than scoreboard impact. But like for me, Adam Chera's it's a mass for me. It's a massive pick. It really is a massive recruit to the club. I think pick six is a bargain. I I, I, I think it's fair. I just think it's fair. I, I look but, at I like I'll be honest. If he was at us, I'd be demanding a lot more than and pick would, six. And, and I agree. It'd be remiss of Fremantle not to want more than six. Yeah. No, I mean, if he was a Carlton player and he wanted to leave, yeah. of course you'd be asking for more We're than six. We're going to have him for the next 10 years. As in, I, I, I don't see the issue in giving he's, up a bit more than six. Obviously, not giving up 27, because that's ridiculous. Yeah, you don't but, need a first and a second. No, that's ridiculous. But if it's going to be a late pick, which, you Who know... Cares? Like, which we, we haven't have... nailed in 15 years anyway, <laughs> then uh, for me, it's just get this guy into the club. But this is, we need midfielders and you've got this like young, like up and like, not even up and coming. Like he's such a bright like midfielder already. Mm. And I feel like, you know, he's been a little bit undervalued like online, you know, by the media or Carlton supporters or the like. I'm Completely telling you, agree. I'm telling you, I had to watch. So for the last few weeks of my fantasy season, I had Sean Darcy for most of the back half. So I had to watch Fremantle. Yeah. Which was a chore in itself. He's, <laughs> so I've watched a, quite a bit of him. He's brilliant. He really is brilliant. No, I, I completely agree. I, I Every time I've watched Fremantle this year, would, which probably would have been about eight to ten times, he stood out. He was very, very good. So I'm very... And this whole talk on, you know, why get Chera if you've got Dow or if, you know, you've got Petrovsky Seedon or... Like, this is... Like, with, this, there's, no, there's, there's levels. Yeah. Here. Like, there's a clear difference. <laughs> 
There's levels. Right? It's not even close. Right? Chera is a must. Chera slots in as and our I'm, third and best and midfielder. I'm, and like giving up pick six and like let's say it's let's say it's the pick we get for Samo. Let's say we get forty nine for Petrescu Seedon. Or thirty six. Let's say it's forty nine. Yeah. So if we give up six and forty nine, that's not moving the world for Chera. No, it's like, not. Because I think six and Petrescu Seedon's pretty fair. Yeah. I I don't write you know I don't write Petrescu Seedon at all. Ha- never have, never will. But I, for me, that's like a nail on the head type of trade. No, I agree. And I think that uh, you look at this deal and you just go, well, it's similar to like last year. We did that Saad deal where it was Saad for pick eight, but there was a heap. Like a 49 or something. There was or- shuffling around. I think there was two more picks exactly. involved on either side. It's no not- one remembers that. Exactly. No one. It's, it's, it's going to be pick six. We're probably going to give up a little bit at the back end of the draft. Um, I heard today as well, Fremantle as well want us to give them 25 and they will give us 27 just as an added thing. Oh, that's thing. not an issue. Not an issue. Like for me, those little those little adjustments, who cares? Get the job done. Get the deal done. It's not even a matter for of who someone cares. of his it's, caliber. It's just more like if the difference between, you know, getting him, you know, securing him and not. That's what I'm saying. moving down two picks in the second round. Go for it. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think- and we have to remember as well, pick six is going to become pick eight on the night. Yeah. No, this is... I'm telling you, and I'm like, you, you can uh, you can always argue. So you're giving up a top ten pick. You can always argue if it's someone older. You can argue on either side. This guy, we're missing out on two years of his career, three years. You know, he's hasn't been in the system long. We're gonna get him for a decade or more, as you said. This is as safe of a deal as you could possibly imagine. I agree. I'm, it's exactly what we need. I'm thrilled to have him. If if the funny thing is, there's people out there who are saying they wouldn't do it, and that's fair enough. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. But if if you were to tell that person that, you know, we can pick up a midfielder of Adam Chera's caliber at pick eight, you'd say, well, yeah, take him. For sure. So you're getting the man himself. Just get the deal done. That's that's my opinion on it. Yeah. Um, but we will be back to do another show when that deal eventually gets done, um, providing it does. And I hope... And, you know, I'm, I don't really... I'm not a man for numbers in footy. I don't really care about numbers on the back of the Guernsey, but I'm very sentimental with the number five because of Juddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that know, is the only number you care about. And you know, it's brought a lot of distress to me the last five years. <laughs> and obviously, he's now exited the club. So now, we're, well, we think we'll... You know, but let's talk about that, but, but, but keep going. But Chera sliding back into the number five just feels right to me. So to me... I, I do care a little bit about numbers, but the main one for me is number three. My, that's my lucky number. Mark Murphy's been, you know, my favourite player since I can remember. For me, they just, they need to respect that number. You either retire it for one year or you give it to someone like a Chera. Possibly, possibly Hewitt. Um, I don't know who, what we're going to do with the draft. But for me, yeah, you can I mean, you look at some of the, players who have taken early numbers at the club and they've given them out quite freely. Yeah, I don't really care. It's just number five. Yeah, well, for me, it's number number. three. special number. Um, All right, let's talk about Sam Petrovsky's seeding because he also requested a trade since we last recorded. No surprise. It is no surprise. So It was maybe a bit of a surprise that he targeted West Coast given he knew we were dealing with Fremantle, but that was because Fremantle had no desire in him. Yeah, so Fremantle don't want him. Uh, So from what we've heard from, you know, the media and all these different people who are reporting on it, you know, since it's happened. The first thing we heard was he requested the trade. 
Then we heard from Michael Voss that, you know, he said he's going to speak to him, you know, suss it out as, as you know, a new coach would. For sure. Stephen Silvani said on Trade Radio that he's heard Samo might actually want to stay. Um, we heard, you know, he wasn't offered a contract. So possibly Voss coming in makes a difference to that. Anyways, um, we heard today... Uh, I can't remember the his name, the Perth reporter who... Yep, Ryan Daniels. Ryan Daniels. Ryan Daniels said he's firm, you know, he wants to get to West Coast. No, he'll, he'll that has not changed. He does not want to stay at Carlton. Uh, and that's, you know, possibly because he may not have been offered a contract after those conversations with Michael Voss. Just very quickly, shout out to, uh, to my blue heaven, Heath Bark. I don't know if he's listening, Bucky, but... He's he's on fire on Twitter. He's a very funny man. He's obviously, mm. you know, amazing form um informative content, but he's a funny man as well and he tweeted it sounds like that conversation between Voss and SPS went well. Yeah. <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's a great man at Heath underscore Buck I don't on think Twitter. He gone Give him for a more follow. Than sixty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um nah, so in all seriousness, that that is now, you know, it's done. He's gonna leave. Um he's out of contract. It's, it's, just, it's the right move for player and club. As in his career was going nowhere at Carlton. He so, couldn't get a game this year, like seriously. So Ryan Daniels said he reckons West Coast are gonna offer forty nine. Um And like and you know, I, I, to to be honest, I, I don't know how much like what leg we can stand on to ask for much more. We can ask for 36. The the reaction but, from Carlton fans on Twitter to that was a lot of people saying that's absurd, needs I'm, to be I more. I feel like I'm pretty realistic about this. And I feel like someone like Sam Petrescu-Seedon, who really has shown nothing more than the fact he's a mediocre footballer, he couldn't get a game this year in the team that finished 13th and was injury riddled. I don't think he's got many assets to his game. Realistic, for sure, Carlson will ask for 36. And 36 is probably thereabouts fair as well in an ideal world. Yeah. But in an ideal world for West Coast, 49 is also pretty fair. Yeah. So, like, I understand both sides to it. For me, I... Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've got no issues with him going to West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I... Look, for me, it's just about moving the chess pieces around in the right way. We needed to free up some space on our list as Had well. Had to refresh the list as yeah. well. Because yeah. he was almost the, the poster boy for a really stale, you know, you know, list set up. You know, he was one of those guys. He was part of the selection merry-go-round, in, out, mm. in, sub, sub, in, out. You know, that's one off the books. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, now, part possibly part of that deal is Jared Brander. Um, there's Obviously, it's been confirmed. Carlton are interested. There's been some talk. Throwing a spanner into the works, Lewis Young from the Western Bulldogs, 200-plus centimetre uh, key defender, requested a trade to Carlton today. And John Ralph has since reported that because of that, uh, Brander might now be headed to Geelong. And Ryan Daniels doubled down and did say he doesn't think that Brander will be involved in an SPS trade. So, look, we could still get Brander. But um, Walker's a delisted free agent, won't he, if, wherever he goes? I don't know how it's going to work, but... I think currently it's still they'd still be able to trade him. Uh, what are your thoughts on Brander Lewis Young? I mean, Young Young will come to us now because he's officially requested a trade uh, to the football club. What are your thoughts on those two? I think it's the wrong approach. I I I, I truly believe that this whole cliche of building depth we've just been handling it the wrong way around. We're we. Our 22 
is nowhere near where it should be to win a premiership. I'm not talking yeah. about finals anymore. It's nowhere near where it should be to win a premiership. In order to do that, you don't build depth from the bottom because it means the guys that aren't good enough to win a premiership are still in your 22. We have to build depth from the top, which means the guys that are currently in the 22 become the depth. That's how you the dominoes have to fall from the top to the bottom because otherwise we're just creating this big pit of players from player number 25 to player number 46 on the list who are just all in this really, like, nothing spot. Like, you know... They're not going to, you know, maybe a couple of them will contribute, but as a collective, they're not going to contribute to the squad depth to win a premiership. They might contribute to the squad depth to fall into eighth or seventh and get knocked out first week. But this is why Lewis, Young, and Brander, I just don't think it's ambitious at all. I, I think so, we, so you're we saying- have to find players that target specific holes in the 22. So, someone, so those guys that we want ousted from the 22 become the depth. Because at the end of the day... Branda and Young are going to become the depth for someone like, you know, for a troubled position on the ground, that third tall defender. And, you know, and even if, you know, Branda's played a lot of wing at West Coast. So I'm assuming they don't want to play him on the wing because I saw him play it and he wasn't very good at it. But the wing especially, as in, that's where you need to build depth from the top, not just get another mediocre winger to add to the pile of dump. Yeah. Like, it's for me, it's just, we're targeting the wrong... So you're essentially saying, I think Hewitt and Chera fit my method beautifully, and I understand not every recruit's going to be a gun, and I'm not asking for that, but I'm asking them to go like, let's be honest, like Lewis, like we're not, we're not drafting Lewis Young and Jared Brander with the genuine belief that they're going to play 22 games next year, are we? There's no, no way. No, well I'll put it to you this way. Liam Jones and Weedering. This is my opinion. This is so I I agree with you regarding Brander. I don't agree with you regarding Young. So I don't think it's very possible to recruit better keybacks than no, Jones and Weedering. Our key defenders are exceptional. So the way I would probably go about it is either doing what they've done and bringing in someone like Young, who is 22 years old. Jones is now probably got two, three years left in him. Maybe more if you're being yeah. generous. But they're probably saying to Lewis Young, toil away in the twos for a couple of years, you'll take Jones' spot eventually. That's one approach. It's, you know, I, I personally would probably just draft a key defender rather than going out and getting one who isn't that amazing. But I can sort of see what, they, what they're trying to do because I guess if Jones or Wiedering were to go down this year, Young can come in and play. So I get it. Um... The brander, I do agree, though. So, let's not beat around the bush. I think the player we're talking about as a third tall is probably Plowman in the in, in the back line. Brander is probably going to be the Plowman depth. So, I do agree. You probably should be going out and getting a player who makes Plowman the depth. Yeah. So, bring someone in. Or at least makes Plowman a bit more toey. A Plowman's not going to blink if Lewis Young's his backup. No, I agree. Uh, to be honest... I mentioned it today to you. I actually think we should be looking at Hayden Crozier. Yeah, it's not a bad one. He, but I, I, think- I just think we should look at players who would make our 22 who aren't getting a game at their club. I, yeah, I, he was I, a bit in and out. I think Crozier is a... I don't know how old Crozier is. He's an interesting one. They did go and get him from Fremantle. They wouldn't trade him, but he's probably old as well. But I don't know. I feel like he's an interesting one who I'd, who I'd have a look at. Yeah. What's your thoughts it's- on Nathan Wilson? 
Well, we don't need a Nathan Wilson. Not as a third, not as like a plowman type? No, nah, he's not big enough for that. Fair enough. He's Sardesque. Okay. Okay. Don't need Nathan Wilson. I don't even think Crozier could really... Crozier's a really good intercept defender, but like that's why Plowman... I, I, I think Plowman, even if we got another Plowman, I think Plowman would still play. I, we I just agree. need... We, I, and it's not even just the Plowman position. It's everywhere on the ground. You need guys coming... Because we get Hewitt and Chera in. I think about the difference between getting Hewitt and Chera in and getting two guys... They're going to be battling to get into the 22. We're not enhancing our 22. We're enhancing our reserves team. By getting guys like that, established players who we know are going to play 22 games if fit, it enhances the AFL team. And that's what the, you know, that's where the mindset's got to adjust a bit for this next era. It's going to, it has to be about building a premiership squad, not about building a squad to fall into eighth. Mm. Because if you build, because if you're, because if you have the mindset of building towards eighth, then 10th or 11th's not that bad because you're just not that far off it. And that's what's happened the last couple of years. Yeah. But if you build for first and we finish six, it's a great vast improvement, but it's a bit of like an, oh, we're still a bit away from where we want to be and you go again. That's where the mindset has to be. And I think it has changed, um, but we have to wait and see. You know, this is a wait and see for now. We, we need to see on field the difference. Um, but look, it's, it's a really, really interesting conversation. I do agree with you mostly. Um, but yeah, look, for me, uh, Lewis Young's an interesting one. I, I think... Like, I would... if they Let's say they wanted to play Lewis Young every week with Jones and Weedering as another third tall. Like, I'd rather McGovern play that. Because you know I like McGovern. And I, 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 I honestly think McGovern has all the attributes there. It just hasn't come together for him for one reason or another. And that's... A lot of it's on him. I'm not giving him a cop-out. But I, 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 McGovern is such a sticky mark. And I really think if McGovern saw the ball coming at, at him rather than him going to the ball, it would make a world of difference for him. So you reckon play McGovern as a third? So I, I think for me, I, I've actually just going back sort of to the plowman conversation because he, he was really the third tall this year for yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of the year. I think I would play him every single week on this on the opposition small forward. I think that is clearly who he plays his best football on. He's taken Charlie Cameron down before. He's he's played pretty well on Dusty when Dusty's gone forward. For me, Plowman has to take the opposition's most dangerous small defender. And I, I think I think when Carlton win, Plowman usually plays well. I think Plowman's good in a good team, but he can get very badly exposed when That's there's a lot a, of ball coming in. It's a major in. issue though. Because so, it, but that's the difference in quality between him and the two big ones down back. No, I Cause, agree. Because their outputs, you know, usually so but they're fine. In a, but they're in an elite I category. Know, I know. So to me, I think they need. I, I think Plowman needs to be on that small defender, and whether it's McGovern or Marchbank or whoever it is, it's sort of maybe even Newman. I don't even know. But just there needs to be that third tall because it's not Plowman in my opinion he, he's, he shouldn't be playing that role no and that small lockdown and, uh, defender shouldn't be Sard or Stocker either no it should be Plowman that's where we saw we didn't have a third tall this year so Plowman moved up Stocker and Sard then had to play that role forgetting a third tall defender could really revolutionise our backline for sure he just makes me so uneasy the way I'd line up our backline Wiedering and Jones as the big two the keys Plowman on the small 
whether it be McGovern or Marchbank or whoever it is, someone else on as a third tall, and then I'd have Saad and Williams or Doherty or Newman, two of them, just as the runners off the half back. And then whether and then you know whichever one of Saad, Williams, Newman misses out there, the other that, they go on the wing. Yeah. So probably Newman and Saad as the runners off half back, and then Doherty on the wing. That's how yeah, I most would... teams have a group of seven or eight anyway. Yeah, and Stocker no, so that, gets so in that, there as well. Well, uh, yeah. So Stocker's gonna float in there somewhere. But yeah, it, it's interesting. Now, uh, also Tom Morris reporting we've expressed interest in Oliver Hanrahan from Hawthorne. Um, don't know a whole heap about him. He hasn't played a whole lot of football, but you know his dimensions one eighty one centimeters he's a small forward he's apparently very quick um what are your thoughts there um no uh, (laughs) i think think that that's enough well well, it's just it goes back to my conversation again i just no like we don't need to add to the pile of speculated players do you get what I mean? I, I don't. I agree. I, it really it keeps me up at night knowing that Carlton is almost seen as this perceived haven for players that can't get a game at their own club to come to Carlton and think it's going to be you know opportunities are going to open up for them at Carlton. Mm. Like, like, we've got this perception and we can't deny it because it's happened for a very long time. And I don't know. I just not for me. Pass. Yeah, no, I'm probably the same. I think we've got enough in that position. We've obviously got Fogarty and Fisher and Cunningham and Gibbons and, you know, all these guys. Uh, Honey, Owies, you know, all those players. We, we don't need more, in my opinion. Um, now, Bolt, the Ruck situation. Yes. We floated a couple weeks ago on our last show we needed a Ruck. What is has your stance changed? What did, what oh, is your thoughts? No, nah, my stance definitely hasn't changed. Like we got, and I know he's young, Tommy. I know he's young, but we. But like the reality is, he got monstered, you know, in the ruck contest itself around the ground. He, you know, he's fine. He just gets monstered and it really kills us. As in the game where I really lost it was the Zach Smith game in round twenty one. That was just a mess in the ruck. That was a mess. And and I, my thought was, if Zach Smith's going to bellis us out of the ruck, you know, we need... like, And this is why I like the th- thought of McGovern going back, because it me- means Tommy can play a bit more forward, mm. which I think, you know, and as a pure height thing, it's going to take... I think it's going to make Charlie Kerno breathe a bit easier as well. And, you know, you get another ruckman to come in, and whether... It, it, it's a very tough position to fill. I, I don't think they will fill it. Because it's such a unique niche in the market to find what we want. And that niche is Laddams, who it doesn't sound like we're overly into from the outside. But that is the perfect type of player. Yeah, to me, I think we need... We we essentially need two Deconings. We need one to play forward and one in the rucks that can rotate all the day. Correct. And I agree. I think it's Laddams. You know, if we can get a ruck who's good enough to play forward so that De Koning doesn't miss out on that development. I don't even mind if we neutralise. Because Silvani, like Silvani was so good because he neutralised the other ruckman mm. and went the other way through the middle. So, uh, it's just like we really got... He's just got to work on his ruck craft. And like, I'm sure they'd know it. He's, yeah. What's he, so, this is going to be his fifth year on the list. So, like, he's had a bit of it now. So, he's, he's just got to get more ruck craft. Mm. Yeah. No, look, it's... I agree. I think... Uh, look... To me, I'd actually be looking at someone like John Segler 
Um, because I think, you know, you look what the Bulldogs have done with Steph Martin. They've clearly acknowledged the fact that, you know, they've recognized that Tim English is going to be a good ruckman, but he isn't yet. He still needs a couple years more to develop as a, you know, play him in the forward line, let him play in spurts in the ruck throughout the game and he'll develop. And then when Martin's no, done, he'll, he'll so fill the, it's, the, the, it's the very boots. similar to Tommy. They think they know English is a good player, but they know that he's going to get monstered in the ruck. So that's that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think Segler could be our Steph Martin. Yeah. Bring him into play ruck. De Koning can play Kidanet's forward. going to love that. He was behind Segler at Hawthorne and here comes Johnny boy. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing with Pittenet. I, I don't think Pittenet's anywhere near as good, good, good enough to be the number one ruck. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't do that. I can't do 14 games of that again. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I think we may have covered it all. Yeah, I think so. We'll be back um, when that charity all gets done. We'll be back most days during the trade period, I think, providing you know news comes through on the day. Uh, if there are quiet days, we won't record. But uh, yeah, we will be back uh, most days during the period just for a quick update, Bolt. Uh, and keep your eyes peeled on the socials. There's going to be a giveaway going up in the next couple of days. Um, that should be... Good, Bolt. I think that's all. Yeah, no, that was We've good. covered a lot. Good, we're back on for the summer. Yes, we are. Blue Baggers, thank you for tuning in. Oh, very quickly, Twitter questions. Yes. Nearly forgot. Nearly forgot. I'm looking through my notes here and I've got them down. All right. Nearly ended the show, but we can't do that. We're going to go through the Twitter questions. The first one, Bolt, coming through from uh, Brett Cox. He says, absolutely loved the targeted additions. Defensive-minded mid who loves to tackle, tick. Outside run and polish going inside 50, tick. Versatile, young, tall, key position and ruck depth, tick. Uh, Not necessarily turning us into contenders immediately, but filling massive areas of need, thoughts. Massive area. The midfield's massive. And Mm. our midfield's been, I think it's, I thought it was the weakest midfield group of 2021. So, massive. Uh, Jim Fiddler says, what are the chances Voss will want to keep and improve SPS? I think that today got confirmed. Probably yeah, no chance. Um, AL underscore W triple one says, I think and would like to know with what's come out today, are those three players all we will bring in? I think that's referring to Cherry Hewitt and Young. Young. Yeah. Uh, if so, do you think it's a success? I think if we get all three, we have... I think Cherry and Hewitt is already a success. Two really, really, really good additions. I'm I'm stoked with them. And then And it takes a lot for me to get stoked. It does. It so. does. It's 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 weird. It's almost weird. <laughs> no, I like it. I'm really, really pleased. It's like just midfielders, needed midfielders. And then they say on the flip side, who goes? What will that what Yes. What will sorry, and will that mean we have failed? Uh SPS and Lob if they go. I think we lose both. It is a fail. Uh, so look, in terms of drafting, well, well it's already, it's already a fail. They haven't gone. No, I think he's saying it's a failure to them. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I, not, I'm not sure. But Petrescu, well, Petrescu said out. Well, the this door. is the thing. I mean, so, where so do, who's getting delisted? Well, where, well, yeah, we haven't really touched on this. Where does where does our off season, you know, activity leave guys like Gibbons and O'Brien and Ramsey? Where where are those guys now? On death row. He just stared me in the eye and, and said that while he nodded his head. 
<laughs> that was that was quite creepy. <laughs> it almost looked like you enjoyed that. <laughs> I watched a lot of Netflix at night in lockdown. <laughs> All right, let's move on. But, but, but with all due respect to those guys, like Ramsey hasn't played in two years. Yeah, I, I think O'Brien's. I think Petrescu said and leaving is good for news for O'Brien. Mm. I do, and I think Nunes will stay. And you know yeah. I've got a soft spot for Nunes. You love Nunes. <laughs> we can't say that publicly. But <laughs> um, And then, um, so Cottrell's in trouble. Well, rookies we're not talking about because the okay. rookies, there's so many of them, you know, a handful so, of them are so, going to be gone. And then, yeah, Gibbons is in trouble. Mm. Gibbons is the big one, I think, off that senior list. Scott Simmons says, how is it that despite our lack of success, year after year players are choosing to play for the Blues? Do you think they're genuinely excited about what could be? Or maybe fringe players just know that they can get the best deal at Carlton. Are we always paying overs? So this is really interesting. Yeah, because this is what I touched on. We've become a perceived haven. But we have still attracted some really quality players over the last three mm. periods, being Martin. You know, we did attract Papley. Papley was on board. Martin, you know, Papley. William Saad. You know, they, these are all guys that... William Saad, Chera. It's a good list. It is. Um, yeah. So, it, it's it's weird. As in, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> Um, sometimes right. the last thing I want to do is go and watch Carlton let alone play for him mm. um, so there's a lot of people asking who makes way for these players uh, this is funny the circle of life from Shane Davis in 2013 Richmond gave Carlton pick 32 for Sean Hampson Carlton traded it to Sydney for Andreas Everett and the Swans used it on George Hewitt um, yeah, it happens yep that's, a, that's very funny um Jim Fiddler again says, do we keep Lockie O'Brien? I personally am keeping him. I think, you know, we definitely should keep him for one more year, especially under a new coaching setup. Uh, Really, with all due respect, as we've mentioned to our previous coaches, O'Brien hasn't walked into the best coaching setup in his career. No. Um, So this is going to be O'Brien's third coach in four years. (laughs) His fifth year, sorry. Yeah. Walsh has had three in four years, though. Mm. Madness. Um, James, yeah, so just quick, I'd keep O'Brien. He's so, it's so weird that it's so lucky, he's so lucky that he's played in the position at Carlson, which has just been so blatantly bad. Mm. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird situation. <sighs> it is weird. I think he'll get a one-year deal. Kyle says, uh, do you think that we should look at a winger in the trade period or go into the draft? Um, it depends who the winger is, I guess. It has to... It, for me, I think Chera's going to get a bit of wing time. I really do. Um, and I think if Doherty's fit enough to play, he'll also get an, a lot of wing time. Um, but yeah, is in... Could always draft one for sure. Get another one coming through. So, uh, Lockie Egg says, can you guys give us an update of who remains uncontracted and how many spots there would be if we land the players we're expected to? Okay, so this is, this is really interesting. So, still out of contract... At the football club. I'm getting the list up now. I've got the list. So, on the senior list, we currently have... So, this is including <clears throat> Betts, Casbolt... No, we're not talking and- about who's gone. We're saying who's out of contract. No, I'm saying but they, those are the spots open. So, we've got how many spots we need to fill. Well, so the spots that... So, senior listed spots that are open. Murphy and Casbolt open yep. two. Yep. Um... Petrovsky Seedon will open a third. Yep. And then... So, those three well, covered, Petrovsky- let's say, by young Cherry Hewitt. Yeah. 
and then I think we've still got two more that are open somehow. Well, well, we have to dig. We still have to delist a couple. So this is the thing. So these are the outer contract players. I'm of the pretty sure club. this year. I'm pretty sure it's you got to go into the draft with three picks. You got to take three picks. Gibbons, O'Brien, Petrovsky, Seedon, and Ramsey are the only four players on our list out of contract that are on the senior list. They're the only four. And then we've got Boyd, Cottrell, McDonald, Oes, Parks on the rookie list. Rookie list. There's worry a high about. chance all four of those go. Well, that's what I was going to say. I th- I think if Carlton are looking at bringing in all these people, all these players. Yeah, I think Gibbons. Unless they moved onto the rookie list. Hmm. Yeah, that could that could maybe happen for Gibbons or O'Brien. Yeah. The way we did it with Matt Kennedy because he's still on the rookie list, so it yeah. means Cottrell's going to be in trouble. It means. Well, I think yeah, Boyd, Boyd, Boyd Cottrell, McDonald are probably going to be in trouble. And yeah, as you've gone on about probably and Parks. Parks. Oh, my boy Parks is in big trouble. At least we'll... <laughs> my, my boy Parks, he's in big trouble. <laughs> yeah. I've only been... Well, I just think... Mate, me, we know what you think. No, we, I agree, I agree. We've probably seen oh, what he's two, capable two, two of. Two words. Round 14. Okay. So, I, it's very, very hard to interpret list sizes. I, I don't really, to be honest, completely understand it. But... We can sort of... This is what we understand. So, you're allowed up to 38 spots on the senior list with four rookies and two Category B players. This year, we only carried 36 on the senior list, but we had six rookies, including Kennedy and Betts. Now, we then also added Boyd and Murkov. Yep. So, in reality, we have two senior list spots available because of Kennedy and Betts, plus the two that Murphy and Levi opened up. And then we can delist two rookies and use their spots as senior listed as well. So, I think if we delist two rookies, we immediately have six senior list spots available. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Then if you get rid of Samo, that's seven. Yeah. So, that should be enough. We may not have to delist. It'll be tight. It's we be, may it's not have to be a squeeze. As in a lot of the, those guys that are out of contract right now probably aren't going to get contracts till the end of the period if they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. All right. That was difficult to explain, but essentially yeah, it's, it's- Fried my brain. It's re- Yeah. It's really hard to understand. I, I don't totally understand it. That's the information that we've got. And shout out, by the way, to- uh, DJ who private message us so how that works. we're recording as well, it's also just come out that Carlton are after Dean Solomon and Brendan McCartney to join the coaching panel. Okay, Dean Solomon and Brendan McCartney are what? They, what? What? So Dean Solomon they... was at the Gold Coast for a long time. I think he was out of a job this year. So would he be a midfield forward coach? What would he be? Or I'm just not, I'm not sure what he was previously. And I think well, Brendan McCartney was like so into development before he got the big job at the Dogs. But then he was at was he at Melbourne for a bit? Yeah, I think he was at the D's. Um, since maybe that senior old head that you've been after for the last few mm, weeks. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. Okay, very interesting. Developing as it comes through. Um couple more from Twitter. Gee, we were going to end this show about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> We've just stretched it out. Um, I reckon that is... Uh, here's one from MP. Uh, who do you guys think will be off 
Who do you think will be offloading with the amount of potential players we're looking at? Um, yeah, so we, we've sort of spoken about that. Um, she's specifically asking about Gibbons. Look, Gibbons is going to be a really interesting one. It's going to be tight. Uh, Aaron Halifax says, Why does Carlton take so long to delist and sign players? Similarly, why is the BNF so late after the season no, I finishes? Li- I don't like talking about the BNF. Um, the BNF does my absolute head in. Mm. I, I find it disrespectful to the winners. Because mm. by the time the BNF's held, no one cares. Just like get it over and do a virtual night like every other club does. And, you know, let's honor our, you know, contributors from season 2021. For me, they just, it's such an unnecessary drag on it, really. Mm. I just find it annoying. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. All right, Bolt, I think that is all. Finally. Beautiful. Big show. See we'll be back. Next we'll weeks. be back in the next couple of days, Blue Baggers. And if you have any questions, send them through on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, Bolt. Oh, by the way, we're on TikTok. I don't really know how to do it, but I've, I've made us an account. And My head won't be shown on those TikToks. No, no, it won't. Uh, it's we, Our first video is a highlights package of Josh Honey. Um, blues underscore footy on TikTok, if anyone's on there. I don't really, as I said know how to use it properly so hopefully i haven't done badly with that first video but uh yeah we're trying <laughs> we're trying to branch out we're maybe in, get a younger audience <laughs> we're going to become social media influencers <laughs> all right see you i'll on, end it there see you on the met gala red carpet next year <laughs> bolt thank you no stress we'll see you soon we'll be back to do it all again in a couple of days blue baggers thank you for tuning into the first installment of the Blues Footy Podcast during this 2021 AFL trade period.